Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shea. And that was our third time introducing this fucking show. <laughs> I'm not doing well today. So, love that. Maybe it's because we just got done recording for like a good hour beforehand. Mm-hmm. And we're, we stayed up last night. We mentioned this in the last episode, but this is like, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be two weeks ago, essentially, mm-hmm. that this happened. But... Yeah, last night, the night that we're recording this, we stayed up till like 2 a.m. Just because we haven't seen each other in a hot minute and we just wanted to like, you know, hang out. Um, But we had to be up by like 8.30 because our landlord was going to be here at 9 a.m. So we had to be up at 8.30 to make sure like we hit everything that he didn't, we don't want him to see and like hide the cats and we cleaned and we made sure it didn't smell like that type of stuff. And like keep him out of the way. Exactly. And maybe have like breakfast, brush our teeth so we don't look like complete goblins. Yeah. And be able to brush our teeth before they work on the sink that we're no longer going to be able to brush our teeth from. And like, exactly. We had like no hot water. Love it. So we're running on like, I want to say probably five hours of sleep. If that, like if that, so So we're, we're a little like, tired. We're overtired. We're a little loopy. Yeah. We're. I'm traveling three and a half hours, three hours after this. So. Yeah. I'm going to be a, a tired bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a tired bitch. Yes. Um, so, you know, with that. Um, welcome we... back. Welcome back. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back. Jesus Christ. To part two. To part two of the, the Watts murders or yes. Chris Watts or the, as Tay said last time, grade A fart sniffer. Yes. So, so this is the more yelly episode more than likely. Yes. So this is the one where it is more hypothetical. This is more in theory. This is mm-hmm. more allegedly. Um, so last episode we talked about the crime, what happened, what he said happened at first, how he pled guilty to nine charges, got, I think five life sentences plus over 80 years added on. Um, he's never getting out. He's a shit stain, a grade A fart sniffer, all that good thing. Yeah. Like he can go step on a Lego because his original story when he told the police as to how or why his family is all dead was that he originally tried to blame Shanann and say that Shanann had killed the girls and then he killed Shanann because yes he threw into a fit of rage and was like my wife killed my babies even though literally everything under the sun pointed to shenan being an extremely loving mother who would under no circumstances want her children to be dead i don't think she even used physical discipline against her kids like that's how like she she would never even she she was an extremely protective mother who didn't want people to expose her child to things they were allergic to exactly so like literally he's just a fucking shit stain who was yeah. trying to place blame on literally everybody else and literally was just a, fi- a family annihilator who will get mm-hmm. i'm sure you're going to talk a lot more about the actual motives of these things mm-hmm. and it's not shenan's fault it's his no own. no so what we're going to talk about in this episode um we're going to kind of change gears and we're going to talk about what happened since chris was sentenced and put into prison as well as talk about nicole kessinger his mistress how she might might or might not hypothetically theoretically allegedly be involved yes as well as just more questions that we have to pose from nicole's side of the story Mm -hmm. at this moment exactly Mm -hmm. the first thing i want to talk about is um interviews he has been doing since he's been in prison as well as um the letters he was exchanging with a woman named sherilyn cadle so Sherilyn Cadle at the time was a 65-year-old grandmother from Illinois. She decided to write uh, to Chris because she said, quote, she had a calling from God to tell his story. So Ew. let me get this right. God told her to write this piece of garbage story about, about how, what, how he killed his family, not the story of his innocent wife, daughters, yes. and unborn son. I have so many questions 
for the people who say that like one that they get message from messages from god because like that sounds like really like why are you so important Mm -hmm. two i absolutely 100 percent back up your point like why do you think god or anybody else would care about a murderer side of the story what would the murderer side of the story do exactly to add to any of this exactly like I why really are we giving don't understand it, the same thing as like why people want to interview like dylan they want before they obviously kill themselves no. dylan klebold and eric harris like they want to talk yes. to them but they don't want to talk to any of the survivors no they want to talk to adam lanza they don't want to talk to the survivors they want to talk to yes. nicholas whatever his Which, name like, was like i no. understand the idea of wanting to understand their motives to, to ha- possibly further prevent this from happening mm-hmm. but unfortunately i feel like people like this and, like, it kind of gives me the same vibe of, like, again, people who are, like, super supportive of Scott Peterson because mm-hmm. either they think they're convinced he's innocent, which he isn't. Mm-hmm. It kind of also gives me vaguely the vibe of, like, um, Richard Ramirez stands and, mm-hmm. like, serial killer stands of these people who are, like, yeah, we know they're a bad person. Yeah, we know they did it, but, like. But he's hot. But he's hot. Or, like, we love him because, like. He's this charming, manipulative person. Mm -hmm. We clearly all need to completely platform a person who's a literal murderer. Mm -hmm. And it just, it frustrates me to no end. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of lost like one of the thoughts that I had about this. Yeah, but but it's it's fucking frustrating. It's like, why? It's extremely frustrating because you're giving all of the wrong people Mm -hmm. a voice. Exactly. Exactly. So um Cato wrote to chris about three times before he wrote back to her they began exchanging letters and then calling on the phone and then she even actually visited him his visited him in prison w- once he added her to her vis- his visiting list because he was a lot of visitation um mm-hmm. sometimes for as long as five hours she would visit which i've never heard of that before i thought it was like a yeah. set time like an hour a half an hour and then you're done yeah but maybe it was like because she was interviewing him or something like that. i don't fucking know uh yeah i guess like media visits and like press mm-hmm. visits they do get allotted a lot more time mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. I, I feel like you have to have a lot of credentials. Just saying you're some person writing a book. I yeah, feel right. Like that Anybody can do that. Anybody mm-hmm. can say that. Like, his newest mistress or someone mm-hmm. he would date while in prison could say those mm-hmm. things. Like, yeah. that means nothing. Yeah. She asked him while interviewing him and writing to him if she could publish his letters and the things they talked about in essentially, like, a tell-all book. Okay. Um, he said she could as long as she would tell of his, and I quote, testimony of coming to god and the forgiveness he received why does come the fuck on so you're telling me the god that you believe in that you had a come to god moment Mm -hmm. was like you know what it's okay you You know what you fucking killed your your two young girls you killed you essentially forced your wife to abort your fucking unborn child and strangled her and killed her and you're an adulterer you know what man i fucking forgive you excuse me like but you can't but this is the same god you can't forgive someone for being gay yeah what yeah i i also just get very frustrated with this because it's one of those many times of like people making all of these crazy excuses Mm -hmm. oh and now i remember the point that i had had so because of men like him in particular it also gives me the vibe of like oh well like they're so charming how could Mm, they have possibly done these things or like they must be more innocent Mm -hmm. than like they're not evil looking or evil Mm -hmm. acting they're not creepy like ed gein Mm -hmm. so they must be somehow more innocent when actually it kind of reminds me of like the professor that i 
I forget like what they class they were teaching or like her name in particular, but she had done research. And I think I've mentioned this before, but she had done a research project basically talking about um, the different excuses that like mm-hmm. convicted rapists provide mm-hmm. or give themselves to try to make themselves feel better. Yeah. And one of the creepiest sentences that she ever said, but that makes perfect sense, is when doing these interviews, she straight up said she was like, I've never met a rapist that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're very charming people. Mm-hmm. This is a charming person. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously, he's going to be easy, and he's, quote-unquote, attractive, mm-hmm. conventionally attractive. So, this is a person who, in some ways, I think, like, people think mm-hmm. is deserving of forgiveness because of, like, pretty privilege mm-hmm. and things like yep, that. I and agree. because they're a charming person. But that doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't Does, agree. Yeah, they're, I, I agree. They're pure evil. I agree. Yeah. So in this book, it not only talks about his coming to God moment, but also in detail about what happened the day he killed his entire family. So I want to go over some of the details because they contradict what Chris had originally said in his confession. In his confession, so the main thing that to get out of this book written by Cato is that Chris redacted what he said about Shanann killing the girls. He okay. said that she didn't kill them, but he did. Yeah, no shit. So, and he described how he did it. So, content warning: um, child murder, mm-hmm. child abuse, um, murder strangulation suffocation Mm -hmm. so like i mentioned before the girls had been killed via suffocation what i didn't mention and what didn't come out until the book was released is that he didn't just smother them in the car at the dump site like that's not how like he killed them he they he tried to smother them before he even killed shanann um so he tried to kill this woman's kids twice 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 and before yes so he went to kill bella and Cece before he even killed shanann and then it didn't work, so he then killed them again at the dump site. And we'll get into we're gonna yeah. go, get into like actually what happened. So he sent the letters to Cato that he tucked in his three and four year olds and walked away thinking that this would be the last time he would tuck in his babies. Literally thought that like he was like this is the last time I'm gonna see my fucking. That kids. doesn't sound fucking like you've been planning this right? out and thought. He even said, "I quote, I knew what was gonna happen the day before, and I had nothing to stop it. Did nothing to like did nothing to stop it. It's not- you're the one who fucking killed him. Yeah, you were." You were the like, driving factor. You could have made a choice. You could have just said "fuck it," abandoned your fucking family, like yeah, a, you like, a just of, ran away, like a piece of like a piece of shit. shit but but they would still be alive. Exactly. And you just gone and just fucked left. off with Nicole. Why? Why does your life matter so much that they need to be destroyed exactly. for you to be able to exactly. think? Exactly. Do you think you're so important that they couldn't have just lived the rest of their lives without you? Exactly. Like I just don't. Anyway, so Chris claims he got up from his bed. Um, once he woke up in the morning at like four, four thirty in the morning, whatever, went into the girls' rooms and smothered them with their pillows from their bed. He said after doing this, he then got up and got back into bed with Shanann and then woke her up. And this is when they had their argument about the separation. He, t- this is going to be kind of graphic. So if you want to skip ahead, I, I, I don't blame you guys. Um, he talks in his letters of, in vivid detail about how he killed Shanann. And one of the things he remembers most is how her leftover mascara from the day before ran down her face because she was crying as he strangled her. He said he somehow knew how to press on her jugular veins in order to cut off the, bl- the, bread- the blood from her brain to kill her. So then he details about how he wrapped her in, in the bed sheet. And while doing so, his girls came into the room and were like, what happened to mommy? What's wrong with mommy? So he told them that Shanann was sick and to go downstairs. Um, so like I said, another content warning. Um, he said when they came in the room, he was shocked, shocked, but also very mad that they were still alive. Like he got furious they were still alive. He That's said- fucked up thing to mm-hmm. think. he said his eldest uh or his oldest eyes bella's were bruised and it looked like that she had been uh through a lot of trauma 
So like no fucking shit. You, a 34 year old man at the time, just took a pillow and tried to smother your fucking daughter. Of course they would look traumatized. Like anyone, like if you work in the DV field or you work in a field that deals with people getting strangled, there is bruising 95% of the time, especially when you do it so hard that they pass out. There's going to be bruising. There's going to be marks. But like how fucked up this whole thing. So you're telling me right now, this man went and killed this poor woman's children, then went in there to wake her up with the intention of, well, okay. So still, I don't think that this is a conversation about a separation. There's no conversation Mm-mm. that's being had here. You immediately woke her up and attempted to kill her. Because why would you why kill would her you break first? up with her or attempt to break up with her after you thought you had killed your children? Exactly. Do you think she was just going to be like, yeah, sure, we can break up and then go in there and find her dead kids and exactly. be cool? Exactly. Like, it makes no fucking sense logically. Because no, he's a fucking liar. Yeah, exactly. So he was saying that he took Shanann's body downstairs and loaded it into the truck. And then he eventually got the girls in the car as well. Like he told the police that he did before, except the girls were alive in the car. So they, he had, they had like a blanket and pillows in the car. Cause he was like, Oh, we're going on a little bit of a trip. Like it's whatever. So he took them to the oil tanker and that's where he dumped Shanann's body on the ground, not buried her, but dropped her on the ground and then turned his attention to his daughters. He took the blanket that Cece had and smothered her with it. So once she died, he put her in the oil tank noting quote, how easily it was to just let her drop through the hole and let her go. So he was just like, it was easy to just drop her in there and let her go. Which, like, what type of fucking father are you? Yeah. That you have no problem, A, fucking killing your children by being like, oh, it's easy to just let her go. Are you fucking kidding me? So fucked up. Like, like, what kind of a person are you that you could just dispose of another human life A like child, that? a three-year-old. A child. So easily. And it bothers you none. Mm-hmm. And then you still think you deserve sympathy. Mm-hmm. And that like God may have forgiven you, but I don't. Like, exactly. What the fuck is wrong with you? So then he turned back to Bella and um, she looked at him and and was like, are you going to do to me what you did to my sister? Essentially was like, are you going to hurt me like you hurt Cece? Um, and apparently she actually ended up trying to fight back when um, he was suffocating her. And then he decided to um, put her in an oil tanker as well. But he purposely put them in two separate oil tankers. Like, he separated them. Like, he wouldn't put them together. And to me, that, like, that little detail to me shows a lot of um, lack of empathy on his part. Because even in death, you wouldn't want your girls to be together. Yeah. There's no remorse. Because, like, even when you sit there and think about it, like, one of the ways that, like, when they do profiling that they've kind of narrowed down, like, if this was a loved one, a family member, or, Mm -hmm. like, even sometimes, like, a woman, is if there's signs of remorse. Mm -hmm. Like, there are people who kill children who have literally buried their children with teddy bears and Mm -hmm. blankets and things like that because it's a sign of remorse that they want some sort of comfort in death. Mm -hmm. This man has no ounce Mm -hmm. of remorse or empathy that he wouldn't even provide his Mm -hmm. girls that after he murdered them. Exactly. Exactly. So once he once it was done with Bella and Cece, he drug a shallow grave and then put Shanann in the grave. He said he um, because when he rolled her off of his truck, she was still in the sheet. Mm -hmm. So he said he rolled her off the sheet and she went into the grave face down. Um, And she he also said that um, major content warning because of the strangulation and the way that um, it when someone who is pregnant dies Mm -hmm. and the fetus also dies. A lot of times the fetus gets expelled from the body. That's just how it is. So he said that when he put her in the grave there was the unborn baby next to her essentially because, Mm -hmm. because of the trauma. Um, So then he said that she went to the grave face down and he was so mad at her. He couldn't even be bothered to go back and turn her over. So she was facing face up and then he just got in his car and drove away. 
I still don't understand the like you're such an asshole. Well, I was so mad at her. Well, what did she do exactly. to make you mad? She literally did nothing. You destroyed your own life. You threw you tried to literally throw away human people mm -hmm. because you wanted a different life than the one you had instead of just walking away like a fucking adult. Mm -hmm. Shitty, but a fucking adult. Mm -hmm. You instead decided to literally come in and for no reason whatsoever, no justifiable need, killed this woman. But mm -hmm. sh you're mad at her because she yep. did something wrong. Yep. Cool. Like, how dare you get, get rolled off the sheet that I put you in because I killed you and I strangled you and I killed our kids. How dare you roll off the sheet and go face down? Yep. How Fuck dare you. you make things harder for me after I killed you and took your life from you and everything that you loved from you and ended... An entire, like, family line simply because I built this whole life but then didn't want it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And I wasn't fucking man enough to admit that mm -hmm. and just leave you. Yes. Instead, I had I to like, kill you. Because my wants still matter more than your life. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. Like, yeah. I know it'll probably never get to him, but if you're listening to this, Chris Watts, go Get fuck fucked. yourself. Get yep. fucked. You're a grade A fart sniffer. I hope... Everything that bad that can happen yeah. to you in prison fucking happens to you because yeah. you fucking deserve that and ten times more. Yeah, Fuck like, you. You absolute piece of shit. Who, who fucking cares about what you want, your exactly. side of the story, how you feel about it? Who gives a shit and why do you think anybody would care what you have to say, one? Yep. And two, like, what Get the fucked. hell? Like, literally, you're such a selfish piece of shit that you think that this is acceptable exactly like what the fuck is and wrong with you made a premeditated decision and planned this out to do this mm -hmm. why yeah so that's kind of that's what i want to when i kept on referencing last episode that's kind of like the where i wanted to what i want to talk about is because like there's a lot of details mm -hmm. in this that didn't come out when he was convicted mm -hmm. it was only in this book afterwards which i think there's still a bunch of lies in it don't get me oh, wrong yeah. however i think this paints a more of a clearer picture than it did before yeah that because... it's a lot more honest because yes. at least he's willing to admit that he did this out of anger because mm -hmm. how dare a woman be happy and exist if mm -hmm. it's not something that he wanted exactly so now i want to change gears a little bit more and i want to talk about nicole kessinger she was as we know his mistress so which I, before we get into this i am not saying that i think it is the mistress's fault no. in every situation or any kind of thing absolutely not he was the person who had made a commitment not the mistress or anything else mm -hmm. however yeah. i've got a lot of opinions in this particular situation yes. and i think this situation is very different than a lot of the others yes i agree so um one of the major things so put this out there all of this is allegedly this is all opinion a lot of it is opinion based um i don't want to say that she definitely had something to do with it um this is just me kind of in my brain just thinking about her and mm -hmm. him so one of the major things i thought was sketchy was her police interviews she had multiple of them and to be honest it is so much video and audio to sort through like i'm gonna be real i tried to do it and my brain just could not handle the lot. sheer amount of shit that I had to go through. I watched a lot of videos of her being mm -hmm. interviewed. And, like, it's intense. It's like, a lot. They clearly... It's lengthy. Which, like, yes, they were always going to interview her. And they always do interview the other woman in these situations. Mm -hmm. However, I feel like her interviews and what she gave was a lot different from mm -hmm. a lot of different people in these situations. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, especially Amber Fry. Like, we'll talk about Amber yes. Fry and how, like, you know. So, 
the version that caught my eye was that during the entire in all of her interviews, she never said any names. She never referred to Shanann by her name or never said Bella or Cece. She always said his partner, his wife, his mm-hmm. significant other, the girls, the kids. She never once said their names. And, and she knew them. And she knew them. That's and this is something crazy. that happens a lot in cases when the person who did the victims wrong wants to distance themselves from the victim. Which makes a lot of sense because you're dehumanizing a person. Exactly. You're keeping them as labels rather than Well, it's kind of like it's, 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 re- it's kind of like the reverse logic of why hostage negotiators, mm-hmm. or they always say, like, if you're talking on the phone with the person who kidnapped your kid, say, I want to see Jamie. Jamie, bring Jamie back. Bring yes, this person back. Tell them facts about them to make yes. them seem more human, things like that. It's also the same as though, like, it is a tactic that... Or is a a linguistic thing that people can do that can be quite manipulative, but it does create a closer bond with someone when you say their name to yes. them. Yes. Yep. Well, think about it. It's it's like imagine you're flirting with someone for the first time and ha- yeah. like having them like say like oh hey Tori versus like oh hey babe or hey beautiful like it it it's just yes. something about like that yeah, like that, that name like confirmation as well as like I will give this example although like. I don't do this in a manipulative way because mm-hmm. I'm trying to force a connection between me and the residents at the nursing home. But I do often say their names to them all the yes, time because also, it, yep. it's my way of trying to reinforce to them that I see you as you. Mm-hmm. I don't just go in there and be like, oh, well, like I do call a lot of people honey as like a term of endearment because that's also my way of trying to like be kind mm-hmm. and polite yeah. as well as like, because unfortunately, because I'm mostly on a memory care unit, mm-hmm. a lot of these people... I don't infantilize them and think that they are not mm-hmm. adults. However, a lot of them mentally are in places of mm-hmm. their lifetimes where they think they are children. Yeah. So by saying those things and because I'm supposed to be a person that is responsible mm-hmm. for their care or health when they're around me, it does create that yeah. kind of connection as I'm a caregiver in some yep. way. However, I do say their names to them frequently because I want them to know I see you. I see you well, it's as even, even a in the, person. Even in the field that, I, I'm, that I'm in, mm-hmm. in, in, my, in the shelter program, like, I say that when I'm, even when I'm on the hotline and talking to mm-hmm. someone, let's say their name is, like, yes. Jess. Be like, all right, Jess, so can you tell me what happened last night? Exactly. Like, Jess, I am so sorry going through all this. Because mm-hmm. you saying that, it's not like we're just reading from a script. Yes. It's not like just, like, you're saying, mm-hmm. like, I'm so sorry. Well, we could do X, Y, and Z. Like, it is between your tone of voice and saying someone's name it provides that closeness Mm so by that by switching that logic by not saying someone's name yeah it distances you from that person exactly and it makes it almost so that like they are less of a real life Mm -hmm. being and they are just these labels Mm -hmm. well there's the whole thing like i know you and i both refer to our abusers as our abusers or my abuser instead of saying their name a well on the podcast at least for just privacy reasons but like even in our personal lives we don't refer to our abusers as Mm -hmm. their names because Mm -hmm. that's us distancing ourselves from the person who hurt us and as well as like I don't want to humanize the person who dehumanized me. Exactly. Exactly. So that was one of the first things that kind of like popped up with me with, with Nicole. So yeah, some, that's a red flag that I yes, don't like. Yeah. So something else when the police asked if they could take her phone from her to like look through it because like you're having an affair with him who just killed yes. his family. And they're going to and yeah. they have to. And she it's- like got fucking weird. She was like, well, could you work on the phone records for now? And then let me keep my phone because I have to use it for work. And then I'm off for a couple of days and so then you can use it. No. Like, even if it was a work phone, I'm sure if you sent to your job, if I went to, if I had a work phone and I went to my job or like your past yeah. job, you had a work phone yeah. at your last job. Mm-hmm. If you went from your last job and you were to once your old manager was like, hey, they need to yeah. search this for a crime. I'm sure she'd be like, um, okay, well give the phone to me and yes. I'll talk to them. Yes. As well as also every employer has been in some sort of situation where an investigation mm-hmm. of some type, whether that be like internal or external 
knows that if a phone has to be gone through by authorities for an mm-hmm. investigation, they give that immediately. They give full yeah, they access don't, they don't, they don't, because they don't want any problems. Yes. Well, especially if it's involving a yes. particular person rather than the company. Yes. If, like, it's the company trying to protect themselves, Different they'll, story. Try, they'll try to distance. But if it's your employee that is being investigated because mm-hmm. of something in their personal life, they're just going to get full permission and be like, just don't, like, take our shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, her job would understand. So, yeah. they also asked her if she deleted stuff on her phone when and what if she did, like, when she did it. So, she said she did it on August 14th, the day after Shanann and the girls went, quote, unquote, missing. That's really weird. She also seemed shocked when police let her know that they had software that could recover deleted messages, pictures, and and calls from her IT from her from her phone. Now, Mm. I know everyone's not a computer whiz or grew up with like in my case where Mm. my dad was an IT my entire life, so like I was aware of this software from a very young age. I was very aware that your internet history can be tracked even if it's deleted Mm -hmm. by someone who is intelligent when it comes to IT. I'm marrying someone who is an IT. My brother's an IT. My dad's an IT. Like I'm, I'm I'm a very logically it also, yes, I think most people should logically know that like everything can be found out all the time. And I was like, and I'm in my head, I'm like, first of all, it's not like it was the nineties or the eighties. So it was 2018. There were good you know. branded iPhones. There, it's not. It's yes. the fucking police. It's they come yes. on. Come they on. They know this is a post nine eleven world. You know. Yes. They the, know everything and anything they need to know. Exactly. And they will find out whether like, you. You're want getting to or not. targeted ads. Shut up. Exactly. You clearly know that they could find this stuff, but also like that shows a very weird red flag to me mm-hmm. again. That it's like you're clearly not just hiding an affair mm-hmm. anymore because they already know about it. That's why they're talking to you. Exactly. So for you being weird and being like, oh yeah, I'm deleting things, or like I don't. Like that, you mm-hmm. can find things that I've deleted. That's sketch. It does, it's so because one, it it's one no thing for me. Sense. Like if I were to say that to somebody, like I'm not hiding anything on my phone. I just don't want them to like look at the weird shit that I look up. Yeah, or like or that, to or just say like I don't really want you guys to see naked pictures. I sent them, but I don't want people exactly. That's one. That's thing. a normal sentence to say in an investigation. And be like, hey, you're gonna see those things. You're gonna end up finding those things. But like. I'm embarrassed about it and like I don't mm-hmm. really like the idea of strangers seeing me naked. Exactly. Fine. Reasonable. But like this? Come on. No. Come on. Um, and I think I'll get into it later. But she also, um, one of her Google searches was can police look at messages once they're deleted? So like. Well, that's an interesting thing to search. Listen, homegirl. Like your Google search is not completely deleted. Stupid bitch. So. We kind of talked about a couple of those things. I want to talk about the timeline of things with Nicole, too. Mainly sightings of her truck in the neighborhood, as well as her phone pings. So I've had I've seen a few people talk about a gray Toyota 4Runner outside the Watts home, and they thought it was Nicole's. Okay. Now, Nicole was known to have a white truck, but someone online said it might have been her mom, since if you look up her mom's address, mm-hmm. the Google picture in front shows a gray, the same 4Runner okay. in, in front of her mom's house. So they're like, maybe it's her mom's car. Okay. Which, if you think about it, like it'd be simple for Nicole to be like, Hey, my car's in the shop. Can I borrow your car? That or like, okay. Although I don't think this is what she did. This is all just a complete made up theory, but sounds so strange to me. If you're stalking the man you're having an affair with and that you know that showing up in your own vehicle, they could spot you and then maybe figure out who you are and that you weirdly enough are going to borrow your parents' car to then sit outside their house or like Mm -hmm. stalk them. That's so fucking weird. That's such an illogical thing. That yep. is kind of like what I feel like someone's trying to theorize by that. It, and it yeah. just seems so strange to me. Like, who's going to like premeditate and plan that far ahead? Well, then, that's what my kind of thought was. Like, I didn't find anything concrete about it. Like, no official things. 
I just, but I've seen it more than once. Yes. So I just wanted to like put it out yes. there as like, this, this is has something been... that people are pointing yes. out. However, I would like to say I don't to those think people. I don't think there's truth behind yes, it. Yes. I would like to point out or ask of these people, wouldn't it be more likely, or it's it would seem more damning that what you're saying is true, that she was like sitting outside the house or going to the house if it was her own vehicle but and also, not a family member. But also it's like saying to saying to someone, oh, they had a, had a gray, a gray Honda CRV. So does there, everybody. So does everybody. Even like there's so many. I have I have a maroon CRV. Yeah. That's a very common color car too. Yeah. I see at least one a day when I'm driving to work. Exactly. Like it's it's not like she had this like even even It's not like it was a neon car. Exactly. That, like, it's, not, it's not like it was like a fucking neon yellow Honda fit or like a exactly. bright red something Jeep. Very, you know what I mean? Like yes. So something else I want to mention too was um where her phone pinged. It was shown mm-hmm. that her cell pinged off a cell tower in Frederick at six sixteen AM. Which is weird. Because Weird. Nicole lived in a town 25 minutes away from where the Vaughts family lived. Shanann was supposed to be home from her business trip and the Chris and Chris had the girls. So why would Nicole be in Frederick at the time of the murders? Yeah. I did see some people talk about how there were two cell towers in Frederick. One near the, near the Watts' house, one further away. Okay. So some people believe she could have driven by the tower further away from the Watts' house the morning of the murders to get to work. As the, only t- as the tower was only 15 minutes away from her work. Okay. This could explain the pinging that morning at, of her fo- as her phone. Um, because as when her, because when she was at the Watts house, her phone normally pinged off the second tower in Frederick. Okay. But it was still that she was in the area when the murders happened. People were saying maybe she went to work because Chris said he went to work early normally. So who knows? Maybe she was driving past the tower and pinged when she went to work. Because like I said before, she normally pinged a different tower in Frederick when she was at his house visiting him. Still a little sus in my book, but. It, I think, like, that's, that reasoning is kind of why police were like, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, you were driving yeah. by, whatever. So, I also want to talk about phone records. So, I was able to find a document containing Nicole's phone records for the month of August, showing how many times she talked to Chris, as well as for how long. So, the night before the murders, at around 9.30 p.m., she had a 111-minute-long phone call with Chris. Now, what do they talk about? Could have been phone sex, sure. Like yeah. they've said, could they've have done been it before. anything, but also like that's but that. But the night before the mur- but if you look at the rest of her phone calls yes. with Chris, it, none of them are that long. Yes, but also like the night before, and it's eleven yeah. hundred eleven minutes. That's weird. That's almost two hours. Yeah, that's almost two hours, and also like, how do you have nearly two hours that you can hide away from your family to talk on the phone to your well, mistress? Just, remember, because um, uh, Shanann oh, came Shannon back did at, yeah, at two a.m. That's true. Okay, so, so you're hiding from bed. your children yes. for two hours to talk to your mistress. One, how do you have that much shit to say mm-hmm. to each other? And also, like, he clearly had even said and stated the night before he knew he was going to do it. Exactly. So, exactly. And that he didn't bring that up or you didn't think he was seeming strange. Exactly. Or, like, well, she claimed he wasn't. She claimed he, he mm-hmm. never felt off to her. He never talked about this. He She thought he was divorced, whatever. And we'll talk about her thoughts about the family, too. Yeah, okay. Um. So, you know, nothing was saying. She didn't say what they talked about. Um. And the phone records... Then said that she didn't talk to Chris again until around 5 p.m. that night after his family was reported missing. I'm sure they texted and stuff. Yeah. I think there was records of her texting him, but they didn't call all day. So the, they had a call at 9.30 p.m. the night mm-hmm. before the murders, and they didn't call again until 5 p.m. the, fall, okay. the day she, they were reported missing, which is a little weird. Yeah. So I also want to talk about search history with her. So she had a lot of searches that were just sketchy and just some that are plain fucking weird. So the dates for a lot of these I got from the first part of a series called Unmasking Nicole Kessinger on YouTube, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend. Yes, that um, I have watched a lot yes, from. Yes, it is a lot to take in. Yeah. It, 
is probably around six hours worth of information. It's a lot of research. It's a lot. And of, of course, this is all theory based. Theory based, as well. not a lot of yeah. like definitives. Like I like I know we're being over overly aware Critical, of saying yeah. that, yeah. but like we want to make it very clear that this is not fact. No, there this is, no is fact. one person or one person compiling a lot of like investigation that really all evidence is circumstantial and what we were talking about in the car before we even sat down to record this the reason why this is also so important that we're making it very clear these are all theories and that because there are people like i see online all the time of like why hasn't she been arrested Mm -hmm. or like she clearly was involved like all these things are like saying all these things because they cannot do anything unless this is something they can prove without a shadow of doubt exactly and everything that is available currently and that you're going to talk about is circumstantial yes it's not Mm -hmm. It's not a mm-hmm. smoking gun. Exactly. Like, it's barely a bullet. It's not Casey Anthony level. We know this is, we know they did it and where the exactly. fuck is they be. Exactly. So on August 8th, just five days before the murders, she Googles marrying your mistress and was recorded searching for wedding dresses. So this is five days before the murders. So she knows she's a mistress though. Like you don't, yes. if you think this person's divorced, you wouldn't say that. Yes. You would just, okay, you just type in wedding dresses exactly and also what is this mistress specific wedding dress i really want to know right exactly <laughs> now i need to go Ex- <laughs> right and, and and it just seems like a little bit too soon close to the murders for my liking like the fact yeah. that you're searching up wedding dresses well, so it's like two nail on the head it's almost like writing in the google search bar when you help your the person you're yeah. having an affair with murder their family how do how- you marry them later <laughs> yeah like-, like how soon after i help my help my boyfriend who's married <laughs> commit murder for his wife his unborn child his two daughters can i ask him to marry me <laughs> <laughs> when is it too soon to say I love you to a man who murdered his family? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it started like new conspiracy theory. All of those were Google searched. <laughs> those were those are the searches she tried. To this is this is her number one search, and this was the this was at the moment he was murdering his family. Hi, my name is Nicole Kessinger, and I'm dating a man named Chris Watts who's currently murdering his family. I'm really wondering about how far how far out after he murders his family that I can ask him to marry me because I really love him. And, like, I don't know anything about his murders, but, like, I need a wedding dress. So, like, what do mistress, mistress wedding dresses look like? Like, well, I just want to know, like, can police find my search history? Like, I hope they don't, they can't because um, I'd be fucked. Um, wedding dresses. That's her exact search. Someone please help me. Google Yahoo answers. Give me an answer. Hey, Alexa, how do I marry? How do you marry your mistress? Hey, Alexa, how do you bury a dead body? <laughs> Hey, Alexa, delete my search history. (laughs) It's, like, so ridiculous. Like, almost all the no's. Okay, I'm not, like, gonna say anything directly to her about her other than, like, ma'am. What is a mistress mistress wedding dress? Right? One, I still desperately need this answered. And two. It's a very slinky white dress. Please tell me. Because, like. This is one of the things that I was joking with my coworker the other day that sometimes when people say stupid shit, you feel like you have to turn into an attorney yes. to then ask them questions of like, how does this equate my favorite, to a good idea? My favorite thing is my one of my coworkers, we both have ADHD <laughs> and I'll do something and they'll be like, walk me through that. Exactly. Show me how you got there. Tell me how you got there. Exactly. Like, show me your mental math. Yes. And this is one of those moments where I feel like I need to be like a investigator i need to play like fucking lie detective to be like so you're saying so you just said you're telling me you thought this man was divorced and that you were not a mistress and that Mm -hmm. you did not know about his family that he was currently married in an active marriage not a divorced marriage Mm -hmm. or separated marriage but then you're searching things like mistress wedding Mm -hmm. dress well and something else too is that she was 
before they met i don't know if it, they said it was a typo in discovery which i don't know if i really believe but before they met she was found searching chris watts and shanann watts on google like I've six months before. before they met so like what you claim you didn't know that, they, that he was married that he was you know like what that seems so strange like i can understand to some degree before you like saying before I officially met this person, mm-hmm. I knew we were coworkers or worked in the same plant and I like saw them or found out their names. So mm-hmm. I did like a quick Google search and then for or like a quick Facebook search and then forgot about it. Like, but it was multiple times she searched them up. Yeah, that's what doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. and seems a little like weird and plotty to be like, oh, yeah, before we met, I was looking up this man's entire life. That seems exactly. so weird because like I will say as someone who like. I met my current partner through a workplace. Mm-hmm. I had no idea any of their life or mm-hmm. anything about them before dating them or mm-hmm. getting to know them, even yeah. though we worked at the same place. And like, I'm pretty sure he might've popped up in my recommended mm-hmm. friends on Facebook or things like that, because mm-hmm. I was friends with people through our workplace. Mm-hmm. So like, but at the same time, I I can't yes, compute exactly. this idea of like looking someone up multiple times before yeah. you actually end up dating them. Yeah, and something that really gets me too about her is that she looked up Shanann and Chris, and even after they started dating and doing the affair, she looked up Shanann, and Shanann's Facebook was completely public. Yeah. So her claiming that she didn't know, because she claimed that she didn't know Shanann was pregnant, that she didn't know they were still together is a crock of shit because if Shanann's Facebook was completely public, mm-hmm. And she was posting videos, post that video of, of Chris and the girls playing and him telling her telling him he was going to be he was going to be a dad again. Like he was yeah. having another baby. That's public. Yes. You saw that shit. There is no There's reason no way you, you didn't, didn't know. It. You're yeah. a fucking liar. Like that, exactly. that, is, that is one. Of, I think that is one of the only parts in this entire part of this episode, like this episode I'm talking mm-hmm. about that I am like surefire. Like there is no yes. way she did not know she was pregnant. Exactly. She claimed she found out that Shanann was pregnant. And they weren't div- getting divorced until she saw it on the news. Which, one, I 100% do think is bullshit. But also, that's what, like, doesn't make sense to me is, like, I don't... Like, I can understand, like, as a person for self-preservation reasons, lying and saying that you didn't know this mm-hmm. person had a whole family. Yeah. And that you didn't know you were the mistress because you don't want people to judge you. Mm-hmm. However... I 100% do not believe that she was not aware, Mm -hmm. not only based off of, like, these search histories, but also, like, he worked for this place for a long time. You don't think that his coworkers all, like, that no one around you didn't tell you Mm -hmm. that this man was married or, like, knew that he had kids or things like that. There's no way that you didn't know. Exactly. And, like, it's not, I'm not going to place entire judgment on a person who goes and purposefully or knows that they are the mistress Mm -hmm. because again it there is more blame and more fault Mm -hmm. to the person who is not being committed Mm -hmm. to their vows however i do very much don't understand the psychology fully of a person who straight up knows that the person that they Mm -hmm. are forging a relationship with and that they are actively dating and forging a bond with Mm -hmm. has a whole family yep that doesn't include you and I that agree. you are this secret person yep. to their life and like it just i i always kind of wonder because i get like these people lie and they make up a lot of excuses or say they're going to leave their families or like things like that mm-hmm. like clearly there's manipulation that goes into it but i don't understand 
in all with some logic like how as an adult person you could date a person that you know mm-hmm. is actively in a marriage yep i i, I agree you know yeah. I, I, could, I could never um so she also the day before the murders searches up the watts home on google that's weird. The day following the murders, she Googled Shanann for hours, apparently, before okay, deleting seems... the search. All right. The delete part's weird, but that makes more sense to me. Yeah. If, like, if her lie was the truth, that she didn't know about it. She and was then... trying to find all the information she could about this person. Exactly. Know about. Makes sense. That part would make sense to me. Or even if she did know that she had disappeared or that she was missing, it does make sense mm-hmm. because you're you're seeing that the person that you're dating their wife is missing if i on either side if i okay like although i don't think i would ever be the person who would date someone that Mm. i knew was in an active marriage and had children but like if i was in her shoes and i did i had nothing to do with the situation and i one would not delete my search history but Mm. two i also would probably like be falling into this horrifying deep dive of like what person am I actually involved in? Mm-hmm. Is this person capable of this? Yes. And spiral out of control in that way. Yep. So that part is not super suspicious and yeah. weird to me other than the deleting it part. Yeah, exactly. And then apparently the same day that she Googled Shanann, mm-hmm. she Googles, can cops trace text messages? How long do phone companies keep text messages? And difference mm-hmm. between text message content and text message detail. That's weird. So like that was the same day. That was the day after the murders. Okay. That again is also weird because like... Yes. I know you're going to talk more about Amber Fry later, but, like, as a person, if you were involved in this and were the mistress, either if you discovered that you were technically Mm -hmm. the mistress but didn't know, or you knew you were a mistress and that you had nothing to Mm -hmm. do with this and you did not want the person you're Mm -hmm. with to murder their their spouse, Mm -hmm. you would immediately just be going to the police and be like, I am the mistress. I'm so sorry. So Here is everything. You took... The words in my mouth because Sorry. no, you're good because now <laughs> it was um, eight nineteen or August nineteenth. That was t- two or three days before Chris was officially yeah. charged. Nicole googled, "Do people hate Amber Fry?" An Amber Fry book deal. Now we kind of mentioned if anyone doesn't know, Amber Fry is Scott Peterson's mistress, who when she Ooh. found out Lacey was yes. missing and dead, came forward and was like, "Was like, hey, I'm the mistress." I had nothing to do with this. I had nothing this. to do with this. Let's find I Lacey. Didn't, yeah, exactly. That is what a normal, non-involved, nice yes. person does. They don't wait to be found. They come forward. And they wrote, and she wrote a book about testifying at Scott's trial. Yes. So that was and her book deal. She is a, I think Amber Fry is a wonderful person yes. who did absolutely nothing wrong and really, really, truly is a good person at heart. Yeah. That instead of worried about worrying about her own self-preservation, the embarrassment, and realizing she knew people were probably going to hate her, she ultimately was only concerned with mm-hmm. doing the right thing. Yep. That's what makes me feel yes. weird about Nicole. Because if you are were concerned about doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you would come forward immediately, yep. hand over anything you possibly knew. Yep. As well as you you wouldn't be deleting stuff. You wouldn't mm-hmm. be waiting for them to find you. Like, it's mm-hmm. very... Yep. Sorry, so, that's all alleged. No, and just, yeah, alleged. Yeah, but, like, yeah. in my head, it's like, so why was Nicole looking this up? Yeah. Was she planning on benefiting from Chris's family being murdered? That's Like, up. I don't know. Obviously, this is all alleged. But the fact that one of the first things she thinks of to Google after he's about to be charged is a, is book, a book deal? deal not to mourn the mother and children and that were killed, but to yeah, look a book deal. Yeah, that feels skeevy and weird. Yes. So um, something else I also want to mention was that um, Chris actually mentioned in the book that um, that one woman released from the letters that he actually tried to get Shanann to miscarry. Um, And he said he did this by slipping her Oxycontin the night before the murders. 
So police tried to ask him how he got it once he, you know, mm-hmm. it came out because he wasn't prescribed. And he said, I quote, he said that it is, quote, a secret he will take to his grave. That's weird. No, I don't know who else he would protect like this except for Nicole. With that being said, I found someone on TikTok who was saying that TikTok and then on Reddit who was who I found two people, different two different sources saying this. Like, granted, it's on threads and TikTok. Yeah. So who knows? <clears throat> um, they were saying that they thought that Nicole talked to Chris, got off the phone with him, called a clinic about pain to get Oxycontin and then called Chris back. I didn't see anything that proved this. That's all alleged. Mm-hmm. But who else would he protect like that? Yes. No Which one also, else. Like, and any person who's experienced an injury at some point because of how fucked up our health care mm-hmm. system is, is like offered mm-hmm. pain kill- painkillers at some point. So like Nicole also was someone who, if I'm remembering correctly, was very athletic yes. and very into outdoorsy yep. things. Athletic people, unfortunately, do, especially like people who are high school athletes, things like that, experience a higher rate of mm-hmm resulting injuries yep. that need surgeries or things like that that they then mm-hmm. could be prescribed yep. like painkillers or painkillers for mm-hmm. so if we're saying this is obviously just a theory that if nicole was the person to give him that oxycontin mm-hmm. she wouldn't necessarily have to I, that's why i also think the tiktok whole universe might be incorrect with this theory is because you're not going to get it the same day mm-hmm. that he needs it that's exactly. not how any of that works. Exactly. I don't know just any clinic that would just randomly give you a script for a narcotic mm-hmm. for pain like it was nothing. Yeah. But it is more logical to say that if you're someone who had had injuries in the past you and had you had some in your house yeah, already. Exactly. I mean, look at us like you fucked up your back that one time. You got muscle mm-hmm. relaxers. And now we just have muscle relaxers in that. Not painkillers. Not yes. painkillers. No. Muscle relaxers. Yeah. And we... A lot of times, like, we, you sprained your, you hurt your back again yep. recently, a couple weeks ago, we talked about. Yep. When you had the UCI, I was sick, you were sick, yep. all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we just, instead of going to the doctor for it, you just kind of... I went to urgent care. You went to urgent given. care and, yeah. you know... Yes, and then I just have some leftover from before, yep. so I can just use that. But, like, as a person who grew up in a home where I had parents who ended up having injuries or things like that, or surgeries, that was just sitting in our house mm-hmm. for, like, years on years... Mm-hmm because they were just there like Mm -hmm. because you don't throw things like that out Mm -mm. and most people because like although you can uh surrender things like that Mm -hmm. to a pharmacy and that they you can give prescription medication that you no longer need to a pharmacy Mm -hmm. most people don't bother to take the time to do that they just put it in a medicine cabinet and leave it leave it i mean hell i mean even myself like i'm on vivance which is a it's an adhd medication it's Mm -hmm. a narcotic it is scheduled i have to get drug tested every six months because if i test negative for methan for for amphetamines which side note getting testing positive for amphetamines is fucking shocking even when you know you're prescribed them if i don't test positive for them it shows that i'm not using them Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's very controlled i the one time when i first moved in i needed to because my pharmacy was an hour away from where i currently live i need to switch my vivance from what that pharmacy to the one closest Mm -hmm. to me and they were like we legally cannot do that because it is a narcotic you have to get your doctor's authorization to do it like it's not easy it's not just that easy like even with my vivance like when it runs out even though i'm on a schedule like my doctor Mm -hmm. knows every month i'm gonna be calling around the same time to get it refilled because i'm on a fucking schedule because i take once at one one it's a 30-day supply every 30 days i'm gonna call yeah they still legally 
cannot put me on a regulated schedule for that. I've been on it for over a year and a half now. And every fucking month, it is the biggest pain in my ass. I have to call yep. and say, hi, my name is, this is Tori last name. This is my date of birth. This is my phone number. Like, I need I to need... refill this, re- refill this. Like, yeah. here's my prescription, my um, my pharmacy, here's their phone number. Every fucking month. Yeah. And even then, it takes about two or three days to process. Like it, you get, yeah. you can't. I could not call and be like, "Hey, uh, because I have chronic knee pain. Mm-hmm. I have chronic knee pain. Yes. I'm sure if I went to a doctor, they w- they could prescribe me painkillers if I really wanted them to. It would take you a long time. Honestly, yeah. I think they would make you do a lot of like scans. Oh and yeah, shit. yeah, definitely. But like once you couldn't just call up a clinic like ex- that. Exactly. That. The- That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like and- even as someone with a physical injury who has documented history of an injury yeah. on my knee and chronic knee pain, no. I would still have to jump through hoops to get that if I wanted it. Exactly. So I don't think that theory really pans out in that way. Like, I could understand if someone was saying that they believed that Nicole had given him the Mm -hmm. or procured it for him. If this was something of like someone could said that like, oh, yeah, she had had a surgery at this time and was prescribed this pain. She could have just had it in her house. That makes more sense to me than saying that she like called up a clinic and just got it like it was nothing. It'd also be a different story if it was like. I got on my myself for example. I have, I jokingly say I have a stock of Vyvanse in my room because I sometimes will forget to take it and I just mm-hmm. save the pill. So if I have trouble getting my prescription, yeah. I can just take them. I have like a two weeks worth of supply in there. Mm-hmm. Different story because I'm so, yeah. I'm I regularly take those medications. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's I don't know. I don't think that theory is, like holds as much. No, weight I, and is that's also, why I didn't really put too much yeah. thought into it because like yeah. mm. which is also I think the continuation of us saying that like this is why mm-hmm. clearly people who want nicole held accountable or think she was involved why there has been no arrests made or no other than the interrogations at the beginning of the investigation that nothing has been happening in that kind of way Mm -hmm. because there is no solid evidence that is publicly available to Mm -hmm. make sense and that all of what is being said right now this is all circumstantial if i was a prosecutor i wouldn't go anywhere exactly it's it's circumstantial at best and even then it's kind of like are you fucking serious like where did you pull that from your asshole yeah it feels like, like too like the aliens are coming to get me yes Jesus very will. very red string very yes. you know very yes it's very that it's like watching for those who because you still don't get this reference but those who watch stranger things watching joyce yell about the magnets like if, if someone came to me and made that speech i also would probably think they're nuts and be like or i would think they're a little like Okay, you might be right, but also, like, this makes no fucking sense, or I can't do anything with this. This is all just speculation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... I don't know if Tay has any more... That's kind of all I have. No, Um, that's all my thoughts I really have. um, Yeah, she... This is all alleged, obviously. Like, we're not being serious about this. It's all (laughs) alleged, but... um, uh, I guess y'all can form your own opinions about it. I mean, yeah. you know, let us know what you think about it. I know this is a case that was very controversial, that was very Mm -hmm. out in the open, because it was so brutal and so recent you know what i mean that like had a lot of media coverage because it very much i think is this decade's scott peterson case yes 100 percent. and like obviously we might end up covering the scott peterson lacey peterson case because it is something that still needs to be very discussed Mm -hmm. it's a case that is really really important for a reason Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and like that it really is important that people do need to be talking about the fact that like for pregnant women sadly enough that it like mm-hmm. pregnancy during a female per or female identifying or person's life when a person is pregnant that unfortunately is the time when they are likeliest to die the number one cause for <laughs> um death in people who are pregnant is is homicide homicide yeah which is fucking insane that's absolutely terrifying for like so it's and the fact that the, the fact that <laughs> even just 
two like there's a at least two famous cases where a mm-hmm. man murdered his pregnant wife yes are you and fucking kidding me i think that's why it's really so important and why people really fixated on this because this is one of those cases that we can hold up as a mirror to society mm-hmm. and say Pregnant people are being taken out mm-hmm. by their partners, are literally being murdered mm-hmm. for absolutely no fucking reason. And we need to protect women. We need to care more mm-hmm. about pregnant individuals and people who are in these situations. And we really, in particular, need to start holding horrifying people like mm-hmm. like Scott Peterson and like Chris Watts accountable yep. into knowing that human beings are not fucking disposable yep. and that your families are not objects and means or extensions they of yourself. They're not yours. They're they not are people. Yeah. They're not your property. You cannot just throw them away and take them out because you don't want to be around them anymore. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. So that's, um, that's the case of the Watts family murders. Yeah. Um, it's that a was hard a doozy. Case. Sorry. A doozy. Uh, <laughs> sorry for doing that. Sorry for this second episode. I think was a lot more brutal than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I wanted to be very, blunt about what he said he did yeah um you know so with that being said you know please take care of yourselves um i want to know your guys' opinions please mm-hmm. let us know um i also before we do our normal closing i want to shout out to once again the br- uh, brutal bizarre and boozy podcast <laughs> they released their episode recently that shouted us out and um they had a lot of wonderful feedback they said yeah. they can tell we're really good friends that we have a good time doing it like we just appreciate really being sh- shouted out like i was driving home listening to it and um i believe the son's name is declan the mom's name is jane i believe that's their names um and so jane was shouting us out um and i like rewinded and listened to it like five times because i just couldn't yeah. stop fucking cheesing like, so i was happy. so happy um you know we and i feel like we always say like we appreciate you guys but like i don't think you guys realize how much we appreciate you yes. to the point where for christmas my dad love my dad to death mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this dad i love you i love the gifts mm-hmm. he bought this machine that can like engrave things for christmas he gave us that we're looking at now two tiles that have mm-hmm. our have our logos on it and for christmas mm-hmm. i made me and tay shirts that say figures in the dark on them yes so, so technically our first ever version of woo! merch the ones that only uh we own yes. but that your mom had said that she wanted our and mom I, my mom yeah. our mom essentially yeah my mom, Erin, and I think also our therapist also yes. are like, I want And I that. think my grandma probably also. Yeah, so we are, to our knowledge, not putting any shirts out because I just yeah. got them from Custom Inc. And it was like 30 <laughs> bucks a piece. But like now that we have them, I think we'll probably post a picture of them because I, really, I think they're really cute. Yeah. I think they turned out really well. And maybe um, one day eventually if yeah. there's a lot of people interested, yeah. maybe we would. Yeah, let yeah. us know if you let us know if you want merch. Yes. Like, who knows? Let us know mm-hmm. if you want um like a little tile or that has yeah. figures in the dark on it. a keychain a leather keychain that says figures in the dark with a little ghosty on Absolutely. it like let us know if you mm-hmm. want merch like we have a very small art audience right now but we appreciate every single one of you yes. and you know if enough of you want merch we'll try to accommodate as much as possible mm-hmm. as long as because we're two broke people we're pretty broke yeah but we'll try our fucking best i'll put it that way mm-hmm. um you know so with that being said um to keep keep up with all of our bullshit i'm not sure what we're doing next um what cases tay has because i literally have no idea other than there's three there's three stacks of at least 10 pages and they're gonna be a lot they're they're doozies so uh hike up those bootstraps mm-hmm. put on your big girl panties get and some popcorn where where the- your where as deadpool would say wear your brown pants yes because you don't want to poop yourself yes for wear a few of these pants. wear your brown pants wear your brown pants um yeah. take care of yourself you know we love you we hope you guys are all doing good um happy new year um, I know by the time the past episodes are 
way into 2023 by now but as of right now it's about 3 30 on new year's eve and i'm getting ready to head to new york to celebrate with my fiance Mm -hmm. i think tay has plans with her person later on um you know lord willing so you know we just uh it's been a good year we love you guys it's been a good year i mean we started in may and we're it's december and we're still faithfully recording and we have grown our audience like we are just so thankful for everyone Mm -hmm. who listens um and especially the people who have been here since day one. Yes. You know, we I remember talking to our therapist about it and Aaron about it and our parents. And they just have been such big supports throughout mm-hmm. this entire thing. So not to get corny, but we you love fo- you and thank yeah, you. Yeah, we love you guys. Um, So if you want to follow us and get more of our bullshit, um, you can follow <laughs> us on uh, Instagram at figures in the dark follow us on twitter at figures in the dark but dark spelt drk you can like our page on facebook share our page send us a message at figures in the dark and you can send us an email with case suggestions your spooky stories you can tell us your reaction to the chris watts case any opinions you have your grade a insults like i said last episode <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of saying grade a fart sniffer we can say something else like we want to know what you insult people with yeah. um you can email us at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on pretty much every single major streaming platform the ma- major ones in my head are spotify google podcast um apple music amazon music and um anchor and a bunch of other little ones um so you know with that being said we appreciate you we love you um thank you for listening and as always be aware of the figures in the dark bye, bye.